I'm speaking with the Golden Globe winning composer Alex Ebert, who uh, burst onto the composing scene uh, with last year's score to uh, J.C. Shandor's All is Lost, which won the Golden Globe for Best Score. Uh, this year he reunited with J.C. Uh, once again for the critically acclaimed A Most Violent Year, which is a fantastic film and score. Uh, Alex is also the lead singer and songwriter for the bands I'm a Robot and Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. Alex, thanks so much for your uh, time today. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, so to start, I would love to know kind of, um, you know, why did you decide on music as your career path and kind of what led you to film composing all of it kind of at this point? Um, well, I loved uh, music from, you know, as most kids do and uh, and loved recording and singing uh, the music that I that I found. Uh, the first recording, I think, was of me at about age five doing uh, the soundtrack for uh, Stand By Me, um, acapella. Uh, I lost that tape. It's the only material possession I, I truly am sad that I've ever lost. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I just was into it. And then, uh, and then I got into film around the age of 14 and wanted to make movies and uh, dropped out of college to sort of pursue that and then just accidentally got back into music, and, uh, and then that sort of took over. Started I'm a Robot, and, um, yeah, and then uh, and then that was that really. Until uh, suddenly, uh, I got a call saying, "Do you want to meet this guy who's making a movie with Robert Redford, and he's going to be out at sea, and there's no dialogue?" And uh, so it was one of those amazing calls to get out of the blue. So how did uh like, so did did you know JC beforehand or did he just know of your work uh from your from your songwriting and and stuff like that or how did you guys kind of meet Uh the story goes as told by my agent that uh <laughs> uh that JC came to him and said I want John Williams to score it <laughs> and uh <laughs> and 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 Amos uh Newman my agent said uh who wasn't my agent at the time said well, you know, okay, but why don't you take a look at some of these? What about, you know, a musician who's not really a composer? And, um, sorry, let me put you here. Uh, a musician who's not really a composer. I handed him a few a few artists' uh, albums, and mine was among them, and JC kind of picked me. Oh, wow. uh, and, 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 yeah, I guess the rest is history. <laughs> I mean, I guess something clicked there because you know you're you're back working with them again for a most violent year. Um, and I really did did love the film. You know, it almost uh, feel, feels like it's from a different era. You know, and so what were kind of the initial conversations that you had with JC? Like, what did he want from you? I guess as the composer, and kind of what process did you want to take with him? Um. Well. Initially, he thought that maybe the movie was going to be, uh, as he said, a needle drop movie. Uh, it's just uh, just a bunch of songs mm -hmm. uh, that he sort of mined out of the era, and uh, and then I guess halfway through filming, he he changed his mind and thought it needed a score. So I kind of got a call uh, halfway through the process, read the script, and uh, yeah, again he gave me uh, plenty of rope. Uh, sort of swing around on. So I gave him a bunch of different ideas to start, and we kind of started with a very broad palette, and then it just sort of started narrowing down uh, as we went along. And and uh, so kind of, 
Um, what about the film really kind of drove your music? You know, I found that the, the character of Abel was such a fascinating kind of character. Um, but, I mean, there was a lot going on, you know, the time era that was taking place in the, the editing, the cinematography. I mean, what was the first thing that you really looked at that really kind of like, okay, I'm starting to get ideas about what this score needs to be? Um, well, I guess when I saw the first cut, the, the full, the full, full first cut, which was about three hours, and I realized that this movie was um, a character study uh, about a bell and mm -hmm. uh, this sort of uh, entranced, entrenched, uh, meditative sort of capitalist um, uh, journey that this guy was sort of, you know, uh, hyperbolically focused on. And and I found that sort of fascinating. That in, in conjunction with this um, sort of moral superiority uh, complex um, made for this really interesting character. And so it was sort of about uh, getting into that, uh, bringing his atmosphere, his our atmosphere, and then also providing him with a with a calling card or with a theme that. Uh, Sort of spoke to his uh, the the ominous uh, the ominity, if you will, of of his um, his ambition really being in control of him, mm -hmm. um, and uh, and what that might uh, might bring to the table for other people and you know uh, the lives it may turn over. And uh, the the entire time, I, I don't know, I just got this kind of Once Upon a Time in America vibe, and I mean that in like the best way possible. I mean, did you ever go back and look at films from of that era to see how they were shot or how they were scored? Uh, no, I didn't. Uh, although it's funny you say Once Upon a Time in America, because I actually, without, without thinking of the fact that I was scoring uh, this movie, I, I did watch a piece of that. Um, but no, I, I didn't go back and reference anything, although there were references in my mind left over from when I had seen some movies of that era, mm -hmm. uh, 1981, like uh, Scarface and uh, uh, even J.C. had, had the reference of Jan Hammer and uh, and all of the, the, the score and, and sounds for um, the hell that TV show, Miami Vice. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, so and I didn't I didn't end up listening to any of that, but I I did uh, I did keep that in mind. And so I mean your your process I'm just like kind of what, what do you do a lot of experimentation uh, did or do you kind of have it boiled down to a structure uh, just kind of starting off with a theme and building from there I mean kind of what's your process when you are trying to throw that first step forward on this film? Wow. Um. Well. Uh, yeah, I kind of just, I kind of just start feeling it out, you know. With all was lost, I just read the script and started writing before I saw anything. Um, with this, I, 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 I watched the movie before I started, and, mm -hmm. and I, um, I don't know. I think it's about getting into the, the minds of the characters and and feeling what can be brought out. You know, to me, this story is all about subtext. Um, sure, it's a story about a guy who wants to sell more heating oil than anyone else, but um, the the subtext and the context of the movie, like you know, the fact that it's during the height of the Cold War, the fact that it's that it is one of the most violent years in New York, um, 
and uh, and that there's you know being born right around that time an Im- immense counterculture that's um, sort of self-destructive in in response to all this um, you know punk rock and and uh, this sort of artistic culture that's being born that that sort of has had it and um, and I wanted to involve all that uh, somehow and uh, not just sort of go along with the bell but actually sort of unravel some of that subtext absolutely and it, it's I don't know I love I love the way that the score is layered in the sound design and how the whole film's sound design is so I mean it's uh, so mind-bogglingly good I mean the way uh, uh, you guys use like you know the sound of an airplane or the during that chase the train I mean how, how do you I mean what was the spotting session like I mean how do you because the, the film is kind of sparsely scored you know the the, the music is never overbearing was it a challenge to find where the music should exist and where you needed to step back and let the sound design kind of become the score itself um i mean yes and no you know i i i played around with overscoring um but i mean there's plenty of occasions where i i sort of demanded that my music be out um Mm. or you know same with All Is Lost, where I, I watched the first cut without my music, and I thought, well, this doesn't need music. Um, I, I sort of dig it just like this. And, and, you know, and, yeah, so it's a fine balance. You don't want to disrupt that, that realism that, that exists when there's not music, but at the same time, you want to achieve some of that cinema that occurs when, when music does um, sort of, enter in and, and, and has the potential to heighten and unravel uh, subjects, you know? Yeah, right. And uh, another pretty notable thing about the, this film is the end title song. You know, how did that come to be and what was, you know, what really influenced that? Um, yeah, that was, that was when it was time for a sort of cultural reactive uh, dose uh, to hit the film. Um, you know, he had just been going on and on about how sort of moral and right, taking the most right path and, and all this right after, um, you know, the tragic figure Julian sort of has his farewell and, and, and the whole thing just kind of reeks of uh, ignorance. And and so it was time to sort of have this... Um, this sort of cultural reaction, and um, so yeah, that's when the uh, synthetic drums and the sort of uh, the the self destruction and the the unwillingness to 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 be a sort of a culprit um, and go along with the bell uh, suddenly comes out and speaks out and um, and gets a bit ugly and. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was a really uh, an amazing thing to do. I, I wrote that song not independently of the movie, but but actually wrote it uh, to picture. So oh wow, I started started the drums right at the end of the of that speech, and then continued to sing over the over the titles, uh, just sort of keeping Julian in mind and uh, and keeping that reactive that reactive sort of spirit in mind the whole time. Um, yeah, it was a it was sort of a profound experience for me because I I didn't write any of the lyrics down, 
but nor did I have a melody preconceived. I just had a beat machine and laid down a bunch of percussion and then uh, and then just started singing and uh, without re- any real idea of where I was going to go or what I was going to say. So, like in those moments where I keep dragging out the word America on and on and on uh, without without ending the phrase. Um, I had no idea I was going to do that. That was just a single take sort of thing. And I, I would punch myself in as soon as I, I'd screw up. But, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a pretty fun experience. Yeah, well, that's that's awesome. That's super, really interesting. And uh, so now, now that you've scored a couple films, you know, what what is your thought on the whole film scoring process so far? Does that does it allow you to do things that you weren't able to do in songwriting? Yeah, it it, it sort of demands that you uh, that you do that you're of service to both the song and the picture. Whereas uh, pop music uh, is sort of a you know, can sometimes be in service to you. Um, and I think that it's nice, and, and to the the general idea and the general form of pop music, first chorus, first chorus, and as opposed to dwindling away or or disappearing when it, when it actually wants to. Um, so, yeah, you, you're entirely of service to the to both the song or the, the piece of music and the, uh, and the picture, and that's a very liberating place to be. And to to wrap up, I always like to ask composers uh, if you could score any film ever made, pretending the original score never existed. Uh, which film would you choose? Uh, <laughs> um, boy. Um. Yeah. Oh God. Uh, like, what, what would what would be your favorite playground to play in? Kind of type of thing. Well. Yeah, I mean, you know, like a, a 2001 or a uh, or a Once Upon a Time in America or a uh, um, or a Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Any oh, of those wow. sort of like <laughs> grand, you know, uh, uh, Lawrence of Arabia, like <laughs> anything that that sort of has this epic space within it that that beg that is really just begging for melody. Um, oh, wow, that's an awesome answer. I love know, it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> those are yeah. Once Upon a Time in the West is my favorite film, so you know I love. Yeah, the... Once Upon a Time in the West actually is what I meant. Yeah, uh, that whole scene at the beginning at the, you know, at the train station. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, and all that space that 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 Leone is allowing, um, you know, and it's just, I mean, what a playground. It's and and and, and that's what it really reminded me of you and JC's work because you have that uh, kind of down to a T, that balance of sound design and, and scoring, and it's, it was, I really loved the film, it was really great work, so. Oh, good, man. Um, but, uh, Alex, thank you so much for your time, um, and uh, congratulations on the film, and uh, it was such a pleasure to talk to you today. All right, thank you.